What's up, MuggleCast listeners? If you want to make an impact online, GoDaddy.com has what you need. Get your own .com domain name for as low as $1.99. Plus, world-class hosting, fast and easy website builders, and much more. Plus, as a listener of MuggleCast, enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out, and save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. This week's MuggleCast is also brought to you by Borders. Prepare for the upcoming release of Book 7 by catching a glimpse of where it all began. During the month of April, you can purchase Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone on DVD for only $14.99 at Borders. Also, be sure to reserve Book 7 at Borders at 40% off and get a free sticker. Choose from Trust Snape or Snape is a Very Bad Man. Because some people quit listening to our show because of what we said about what happens in Book 7. This is MuggleCast episode 85 for April 8th, 2007. Got a few emails here this week I thought we could read to uh, kick off the show. Uh, first one comes from Donna, 36 of Missouri. She uh, she writes, I cannot believe you've ruined MuggleCast for me. I will no longer be able to listen until after the seventh book comes out. You were making the wait until then bearable because I had you guys every week giving me something to think about before the next book comes out. Now that you guys have read it, I will be afraid to listen just in case you let slip with a big spoiler and ruin the book for me. I guess I will have to start listening to the quote-unquote other Harry Potter podcast, even though I never enjoyed it as much. I wish you the best. Love your podcast. Uh, Donna wasn't too happy, guys, about our little uh, review of the book. And you know what I find funny about it is so many people thought it was an April Fool's joke. And I guess now yeah, would be a really bad me. time for us to tell Donna that it wasn't. I yeah, mean. that's what gets me, Laura. <laughs> that's what gets me. Uh, another email from Stella Rooney, eight years old, from Glasgow, uh, UK. She writes, her subject is April Foul. Dear Mugglecasters, what a nice little joke about the manuscript, not. How could you do something like that? I'm sure I'm not speaking for myself when I say that there are people out there that took that seriously and didn't think about it when it was released. It really was an April Foul. I'm lucky that my mom pointed out to me that if it was for real, it would have been all over the newspapers. You didn't think about that, did you? Um, again, not sure why I didn't make it to the press, but, uh... It was real. Yeah. I, yeah. Everyone got it, right? Everyone could say that they got the book, right? Yep. Yeah, I just got yeah. mine the other day, so I just finished reading oh, well, it. Oh, Mikey, how do you enjoy it, by the way? Uh, it's wonderful. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. I was a little surprised. I was left out, but I got it finally, so I'm happy. Yeah. Well, sorry about that. I mean, you know, this U.S. mail, you, you try to do, like, the confirmation sending where they, they swear it's going to be there by, you know, a certain day, and then, you know, it doesn't show up. It's all right. Well, I mean, there's no guarantee that the post person wouldn't want to read it themselves. I mean,. That's true. That's true. I forgot to like wrap it up so they didn't know what it was inside. Anyway, welcome everyone to the show, and uh, we got some more cover coverage to uh, talk about this week. Uh, but before we do anything else, I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Kevin Steck. I'm Laura Thompson. I'm Mike Tannabel. And I'm Mikey Boucheron.
Micah Tannenbaum is standing by in the MuggleCast News Center with the past week's top Harry Potter news stories. Micah. Thanks, Andrew. The U.S. Potter publisher Scholastic has introduced unbending rules for libraries handling Deathly Hollows this summer. According to the contract which Scholastic is having the libraries sign, the number of employees handling the novel must be limited. Oh, time to put in my application work in the library. Furthermore, those libraries that breach the contract could be blacklisted for future book releases. Well, guys, I mean, this is your last shot. This is the last Harry Potter book, so who cares about any releases after this? The contract states that we acknowledge and agree that any such violation will cause irreparable harm to Scholastic and the author J.K. Rowling, and that monetary damages will be inadequate to compensate for violations. Last Saturday, the Harry Potter series won in the category of Favorite Book at the 20th anniversary of the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. Always a favorite at this slime-filled ceremony, Harry has also won in the category of Favorite Movie in past years. The series beat out How to Eat Fried Worms, Island of the Blue Dolphins, and Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Bloomsbury has updated their 21 great reads for the 21st century, with news that over the next year, two or three authors will be featured each month, giving details of their careers, forthcoming books, and events and suggestions of similar Bloomsbury authors you might be interested in. We're unsure as to whether J.K. Rowling will be featured, but we will keep you updated. Dan Radcliffe, the Harry Potter actor, previously recorded a video to raise awareness and funds for children in extreme poverty in America and Africa. This video, along with those of Helena Bonham Carter, who plays Bellatrix Lestrange, and a number of other celebrities, will be broadcast on American Idol Gives Back April 25th. Finally, a new report states that Harry Potter is the most searched fan fiction on Yahoo. That's all the news for this April 8th, 2007 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. Okay, thank you, Micah. Yo, yo. What's up, Micah? What's up, yo? Yo. What's up, G? You want to you do your own rap, Micah, for the show? Yeah. Yeah, why not? The news rap. Yeah, uh, yeah there you go. Uh, we have a, uh, Don't co- sound so excited <laughs> about that, really. Well, you know. We have a couple announcements this week. Of course, uh, big one for the show. We have changed our cover art, and we have a brand new website over at MuggleCast.com. Does everyone like it? I think it's, it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love like it. it. Yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Uh, basically, I mean, I want to talk about a few things here, but uh, the website was made by uh, Greg Porter. He's been on the show a couple times of ZaylorStudios.com. He does fantastic website design, so uh, head over to uh, his website today, and you can use the code MCMuggle to get a special discount on uh, your design created by Greg. We highly recommend him. He made that website in a day, guys, and coded it for us. It was a wow. fantastic job, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, of course, we have the new album art, if you haven't checked the MySpace or the Facebook or uh, anywhere else lately. Uh, but the reason we did this change, and I don't want to get sentimental, but the reason we did this change is because, really, it's a new uh, new era of muggle casting. Well, all we're talking about now is the seventh and final Harry Potter book, and that's you know what we're focused on now. So it only makes sense to uh, change over our visual, our one and only visual for the show, which is the cover art and uh, the website. So I guess that's two. But I know what most of you are asking right now. Why do you guys do this just like the other Harry Potter podcasts? You guys ripped them off. Um, Two things about that. One, uh, last time I checked. Eh, wrong. Last, <laughs> last time I checked. We have a black iPod. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got the black iPod. First of all, I, guys, I like that. Cool. We have a black, we got a black one. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part of this new album art is that we still have the MuggleCast album art, the old one, the Half-Blood Prince one, inside the iPod. But anyway, first of all, we've said publicly on this show uh, multiple times that we are going to be probably, sw- probably switching over to uh, the new cover as our album art once it came out. Second of all, you know, we can't hear any complaints about people saying, oh, you guys copied the other Harry Potter podcast, when in fact, you know, we sort of were doing the whole book cover as the album art thing with an iPod on it for, uh, what, a year and a half now? So, you know, whatever. But we hope everyone does enjoy it a lot, and uh, we know we do. So, uh... That's that. Uh, also, bad news about the suitcase video. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to make a big deal out of this. Long story short, uh, I can't bring it into school. There's all this nonsense going on about you know filming in school. Uh, that doesn't involve MuggleCast itself, but uh, doing it in school. So uh, I do apologize for that. The winners are going to be getting the pieces of their suitcases uh, of the suitcase. Maybe I'll take some pictures of the destroyed suitcase. It is still sitting here in my room, and the dead body in there is still uh, rotting. So I do want to get rid of it as soon as possible. Also, don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley. We thank everyone for their votes. And don't forget me, Micah. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Ben and Jamie will all be at at Enlightening 2007 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the University of Penn uh, from July 12th to the 15th. Uh, We're going to be going to the movie premiere, hosting a podcast, and we're also going to be doing a, a seminar on how to make your own podcast. We're going to teach you all the ropes. And it's gonna. We have an update on the live podcast. It's going to be in the Irvine, Irvine or Irvine Auditorium, over 800 seats, a beautiful theater to uh, host the podcast in. So we're really looking forward to that. And more details can be found on enlightening2007.org. Uh, so we're gonna get right into our main discussion this week, guys. We've. Uh, I want to start off with uh, Kevin and Mikey's thoughts. Kevin, you want to go first? Your general thoughts about the cover. So we could kick off our discussion. I, well, well, I've heard a lot of people don't like it because it it seemed too colorful, but I like it. I think it's a little. You're talking about the UK cover, yeah, Children's Edition. Yeah, I like it. I think it's unique. What was your initial thought about the US cover? Well, I was very interested to see the little silhouettes in the background. Um, mm-hmm. That, along with Harry and Voldemort grasping out towards something. Um, yeah. I think I said it to, or Micah brought it up to me. It looks almost like they're trying to cast wandless magic, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, we brought up on the show that on I think it was at least four of the covers, uh, Harry's holding his wand, along with at least one or two other people. And in this case, neither Harry nor Voldemort are holding their wands. Yeah. So. Yep. Not to mention, it's the first time we actually saw Voldemort illustrated. So. Um. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah, but yeah, I I really think it's only uh, it only makes sense that he only shows up on the the final, final cover, cover. Yeah, because it's sort of like granted though it's not on the front cover. He's on the back. I guess that'll be nonetheless still uh, still very cool. Uh, how about the UK adult edition with uh, Reb's locket? I think that's really interesting because it showed up in. Um, or at least we think it's in the children's edition of the U.S. version around Harry's neck. So I, I'm very surprised yeah. they're giving so much focus to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we were talking about the fact that last time it was, uh, it was, it was Snape's diary on right there on the cover, and now it's now it's the locket. So it's like, is is that going to play a semi-important role, or is it going to be a huge role? Well, what, what I was thinking was. 
maybe perhaps it's the last Horcrux to be found, and that's why they're giving so much, you know, attention to it. Well, are we all in agreement that the the locket is a very crucial Horcrux for one reason or another? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It has it to be. It wouldn't be featured on the cover if it wasn't. And, and I think it is because of the fact that it's now potentially hidden beyond where it was hidden originally. So it's not like the other Horcruxes, which could be found in their original spots. This has, you know, been moved. Well, I also think that it has so much more meaning because it's been alluded to so many times. We think we've yeah, seen that's it in true, yeah. the Phoenix. We saw it, or we thought we could have seen it in Half-Blood Prince, and now it's, you know, like you said, it could be moved. You know, we might find out more about, you know, RAB, you know, we will, but, you know, there's all these different things surrounding that locket. Mm-hmm. So. But now, I mean, are we under the impression that it's not destroyed? Because no, based be. on the note, I thought RAB destroyed it, or did he just take it? I think everyone or we hoped he destroyed it. Right, I think everyone thinks that it's uh, the locket that they showed in Grimwald Place. So. Right. Uh, so, Mikey, what are your uh, general thoughts on the uh, covers? Are you happy with them? Um. Yeah, I like the U.S. edition. Um, the Children's U.K. edition kind of freaks me out a little. It looks, you know, it's got a lot of information on there, but uh, I'm not too fond of the artwork. It's just kind of, maybe too much is going on, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I've never been fond of any of the U.K. covers. This one, yeah. honestly, I would have to say that this one would be my favorite just because of how much detail is in it. I kind of like the how colorful it is. I love Hogwarts on the back, if that is Hogwarts, yeah, which... I know, it's it's... You know, it's a different color. It's got some really cool stuff. What's with the what's with the prongs on the right hand side and that uh, snake globe on the left? I don't. Uh, I. You know, like <laughs> the, it just it just it just brings up too many questions. And uh, I like simple things. You know, art simplistic. I like the U.S. cover. Yeah. I like the adult cover. It's nice, very simple. Again, it's the locket, but uh, I like it. You know. Yeah. I. Uh, I had some inside information when it was coming out, so I was—I uh, woke up to see it right when it was released. <laughs> like you, I, you're I was just, up at four in the morning. <laughs> you're just on on top of the ball, man. Yeah, what can I say? I wonder. Do you know anything about what that little—I don't even know what to call it—the the triangle with the circle inside of it and the line going through the triangle on the UK children's cover spine? It reminds me. It's Legend of Zelda-ish, and me and oh, Micah I know what you're were talking, talking about, about this yeah. earlier this week. The Triforce of Wisdom. It's like a Triforce, right? It's like a Triforce. It's like thing. a Triforce. It's like the. Uh, it's like the Eye of the Illuminati, where the you know the triangle is above it all, and the eye inside of it. Yeah. but I don't know what it is. It's got it. it uh, I think that has to be. That has nothing to do with Bloomsbury. I don't think. I don't know. No. No, because I think somebody else brought up a couple of shows ago, or something like that, that. Usually, whatever's in that area, and it may have been you, Andrew, is is critical to the book. It's critical to that particular book in the series. Whatever little object shows up there. Oh, you know what? I just Google searched it, and I found it. Uh, it's the equilateral equilateral triangle. That's what it means. Is because it's a perfect circle inside of a perfect triangle. Oh. And That's what it, you know, uh, <laughs> harmonic ratios yeah. of the regular polygons. Well, that's what I found. I, I, I Google searched uh, circle triangle, and that's what uh, popped up. Are there going to be parallel universes in the seventh uh, novel? No, actually, I just found a religious site relating to this triangle, so give me a second if I can find it. Oh. Um, Maybe yeah. it means they're doing geometry sure. in this book. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Who knows? Seventh year students well, need to take geometry classes. <laughs> 
A couple of listeners wrote in with creative ideas that perhaps it's an ancient rune. Oh, it could relate to runes. Hmm. We know Hermione likes that subject a lot. Yeah. Maybe it comes into play. I think somebody even went as far to go to J.K. Rowling's website and into that ancient runes book that she has mm-hmm. and to see if it had any relevance. But, of course, there was nothing there. Oh, you know what? Actually, hold on. I found a religious site. It says, Circle and Triangle combines the symbol for eternity with the symbol for trinity. What? Eternity? <laughs> symbol for eternity with the symbol for trinity. I don't know if that means like, a, you know, religious trinity or eternity is circle. You <laughs> well, know, you're looking cool. on an, on a religious site, right? So uh, no, no, it's on a it's a it's like some Greek. Hold on, let me find let's see what the name is. Christian symbols, glossary, forms, feasts, religions, forums. So yeah, it is a religious. Is that by one. Laura Mallory? I don't know, but uh, here's the link so you guys can take a look yourself. Uh, well, I'm looking again, at a Google definition of Trinity, and it can also mean three people considered well, as a unit. The trio. Harry, Ron, Hermione. There you go. Uh, and the trio happened to Etern- be... Also- Eternity? Eternity? Those three will be forever together. <laughs> no, they will destroy life, Voldemort. They will destroy Voldemort. They will win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mikey. All right. Well, what's interesting about that, though, Mikey, is usually when people refer to Eternity, that means death. <laughs> But they will <laughs> quiet down. I don't want them to die. Okay, uh, you make me cry here. Okay, no, I won't cry. Not on record now. Um, so we have the I Trinity, the trio, in eternity. This is groundbreaking <laughs> this stuff. Is, right this here. is, this is on just the spot. Yeah. Live on the show. <laughs> this is called we didn't prep beforehand, so let's do it on the show. <laughs> um, I'm showing my Google searches uh, skills right now. Interesting. As I uh, bring this up, I don't know. Well, that's very interesting. If anyone has any thoughts, email them into uh, MuggleCast at staff.mugglenet.com. I'm sure we got some people out there who could come up with some interesting theories for that. But I mean, you know, the trio is on the cover too. Uh, well, we d- we definitely want to see we want to see what the other covers have in that location as well. Well, because we need we, to, we can s- to link it. Somewhere. Where exactly? We can s- hang on, I've got my UK editions. Where exactly is it? It's at the on the, it's on the spine at the top. Yeah. There's nothing on them. On any of them? There's not nothing like that. Like they have little pictures at the top that continue from the back cover, but there's no symbol or anything like that. Interesting. Like on the God Laura, of the are you Fire make me one, look it's just like an, a little owl at the top of it. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I think I remember seeing that owl on the books before. But, I don't know. Maybe I yeah. Uh... Yeah, there's just so much more information on these UK books. You got you got prongs, and you got that like prophecy thing with the snake in it, and then the back cover is pretty. I love the back cover. I love yeah. Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially it's the definitely, full moon. It's definitely moonlit. Yeah. Hey, what, what's the Bloomsbury logo? Is it a dog? It's a dog. Or is it dog. Something yeah. No, it's a triangle a with a circle dog. in the middle. Well, no, because you know what? <laughs> that black dog reminds me of Sirius. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm screeching at limbs here, but uh, trying to make myself sound a little bit better. But You know yeah. what's interesting? Right. You know how last week we were kind of debating about whether the castle on the back of the Deathly Hallows UK edition is Hogwarts? And I'm looking at the Goblet of Fire edition, and it has an inside view of like one of the staircases and one of the archways, and it doesn't match, at least in my opinion. Like, the inside of the castle does not match the outside of the castle that we're seeing on the back of the new cover. Does it say the co- cover illustrator on, like, the inside flap? Um, sure Because on, 
on this one it says Jason Jason Cockcroft. Uh, this one has a bunch of blurbs on it because it's been a different illustrator for each. You know, I mean that's interesting what you bring. It's up, a different illustrator for each book. Yeah. Are you serious? That's stupid. That's what Jamie yeah. said. Yeah. So that's but in the U.S. We all got the same. Yeah, this guy so was cool. Gills Greenfield. Hmm. So I mean, it could just be lack of continuity, but yeah. it's so weird. You would think that they would want to kind of have them all make sense, but yeah. Did we talk about this last week? The on the front cover of the UK edition, Harry Potter. It's white on black, black sort mm. of. Representing the end, death. I mean, it's nothing really big, but I don't just think so. Kind of I'm... interesting. Just a little side note there. Uh, Not that. Well. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to some emails. We've been getting lots of emails this week. Uh, of course, with everyone sending in their theories, and we love reading them all. We have a couple here. Uh, we're going to start off with one from Matt. He's 18 of. Western Australia, Perth, Western Australia. He writes, I just wanted to note to you guys that although it would be more likely a situation for Dobby to be on Harry's back, I believe it's Creature. Why? Because Joe made sure Creature was kept in the Order of the Phoenix film, whereas Dobby is long gone. You would expect that the house elf on Harry's back is at that moment playing an important role in the book, and as such couldn't possibly be Dobby, as I take Joe's insistence to mean that Dobby has no further part to play. Just a theory. I have millions more, but this will do for now. Adios, Matt. Uh, I like that. That's that's an inter- interesting point. I mean, Dobby's gone now, and he's not he's not going to be in the fifth film, and if, if she pushed for Creature to be in the film, and I know we've heard that there's been argument, there, there was actually an argument over whether to not not an argument, but there was a discussion to decide whether or not Creature would be kept in or not. I think that just says right there that he plays an important role that we haven't seen um, yet. I mean, I think it's plausible, but I think we also need to remember that he played a pretty important role in the fifth book. I mean, he's essentially the reason that everybody and, and, went to the Department of Mysteries. Well, that yeah. is true. That actually, and how do you explain <laughs> that? I mean... Well, yeah. I th- I what think, lame justification um, could she, they use? What she, really? Well, trust me. <laughs> they well, I mean, I'm saying it would be really bad. <laughs> well, I was listening to what you guys were saying on episode 80 because I was working on the transcript for it earlier. Actually, not at all. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> no, they can explain away a lot of things if they really, really wanted to. And But in this case, I agree with what Laura's saying. I think the creature in particular, was much more important to book five. So his inclusion in the movie is probably a little bit more important than Well, Dobby. Well, don't you think that she's just giving them pointers for vital points in the plot that they will have to include in the movie and not necessarily what's going to happen in the book? Because Dobby can play a part in, like, book five, but they can explain away that particular part that he played whereas maybe creature plays such a large part they won't be able to just simply explain it away because these are large books and they have to cut a lot of you know stuff from it and maybe her saying that is just her saying creature is gonna play a role that you can't cut out from the movie not saying that Dobby doesn't play a role in the book. It's just that yeah, but Dobby's part time. in the book could be, 
you know, swept to the side, whereas creatures couldn't. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Well, we actually do have a voicemail about what else that thing on Harry's back could be. So, I mean, we'll get to that oh. in a few minutes, but... <laughs> so basically <laughs> I what think you're we saying know is... Okay. I won't say anything. Yeah. Okay. How about I don't Goblin? Really, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it or anything so that we end up talking <laughs> we already, about it. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be it, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> we mentioned that on a future episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have another email now. Natalie, 14 of Utah. She writes, Hi, Mugglecasters. I was just wondering what you think the format of Deathly Hollows will be in comparison to the other books. In this final book, Joe has things to tie up, not more plot lines to formulate. Do you think that this book will differ from her trademark rating style? Just wanted to hear your comments. Thanks and love the show. Um, I, I don't know what the... I th- I, it's going to be following the same format, I think. He's 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 going to start off in the burrow. We know that much. And the burrow. Uh, I thought he was going to uh, start up at a at a number four private drive. Well, what, where does? Why did I think that? Yeah, he's going to. Yeah. Well, he will go to the burrow. He will go to the burrow. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> just just correcting you now, Angie. I, just so you I know. I thought the cover said. I thought the cover said Harry is waiting in. The burrow. Never mind. This is perfect. Sorry. Yeah, I think Carry that on. I think that Deathly Hallows will definitely stay consistent with the same kind of theme that books four through six had. Because if you look at the series, uh, books one through three kind of tend to be focused more on the future and learning things about what will happen. But as you got into Goblet of Fire and moved onward, we saw a lot more memories and diving into pensives and. You know, all that kind of stuff. So I think that we're definitely going to learn a lot more about the past in this book as well. Yeah, and one through three were really used for a lot of character development. Yeah, and it was a yeah, lot of setup. Yeah, after book three, it became, you know, there was character development, but not nearly to the extent that we saw in the first books. So I agree. I think it's going to be just like the uh, book four through well, six. Well, as I reread her email, it says... Uh, no more plot lines are to be formu- formulated. Um, I think it's more the fact that there are still going to be new plot lines that we don't know about. You know, we're going on an adventure yeah. that we don't know anything about. So it's not that she's going to just be giving us answers to stuff we've been questioning, but you know, we're still going to be finding new stuff out. So I definitely think it's uh, going to be the same to what we've read. You know, definitely the last few books, uh, same there. The ending, of course, is going to be probably like nothing we've ever seen before, and of course the the epilogue. So yeah. Then uh, we have another email from Mike, 15 of St. Louis. He says, hey, guys, I remember J.K. Rowling saying that we would see the Hogwarts graveyard before the series is over. To me, the U.S. cover seems to be set outside, and all of the dark shadows that look like people are also in the shape of graves- gravestones. This leads me to believe that this may be the scene of a battle. Final is my guess since he's wearing the locket. This could make for some interesting happening since Dumbledore is buried there. Okay, that's all. Keep up. The good work. Mm, hmm. I don't. It, it doesn't really look like a graveyard to me. Does no, it to you guys? no, really. it doesn't no. look like a graveyard to me at all. It looks like a coliseum. <laughs> that's that's yeah, what everyone it really does. Yeah, coliseum. Uh, not, not, not a, not the coliseum. It actually looks like uh, someone actually hunted and told me the exact place that it looks like and showed me comparison pictures. Oh, I said, that's cool. But I, I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, I give pr- uh, props to that person, whoever you were. I don't remember who it was. But uh, yeah, <laughs> not the Coliseum, somewhere else. Didn't somebody confirm that they weren't graves? I don't I don't know. know. 
Even so. I thought I read an email. I mean, something that I find kind of interesting, and this is kind of what Mike was addressing, if the final battle takes place at a graveyard at Hogwarts or any, you know, anywhere like that, that would mean that the final showdown would be at Hogwarts. And this is something mm-hmm. that I've always been kind of firmly against. Like, I've always thought it would never happen at Hogwarts because so much has already happened there. And I feel like if Harry's going on a journey, it's going to end somewhere different than where it began. And I don't think it will be at Hogwarts. Do you guys think it will be? Do you think this is Hogwarts or what? I think this is through the veil in the Ministry of Magic. That's what I think. I, I think that too. That's what I'm but for. <laughs> somebody pointed out something very interesting, and this really crushed my theory, and it made me really upset. The death chamber that the veil's located in is rectangular shaped. This room is circular. Well, who says this has to be the death chamber? But that's where the veil is. <laughs> but once what you go through it, what if it could be something? What if it turns circular, like? The other well, side yeah. well, is circular. What if we're in the? Uh, no, but what if we're in the locked door? The, oh, the love interesting. Room. Yeah, interesting the moment. The love room. What if we're in there, you guys? Who knows? It does not look like a love room. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's nice and orange. Can you? I can imagine some hearts in That's there. The maybe. sky. <laughs> See, well, I mean, and then, then you could say it is the death chamber or it is the love room, but there's a sky right above us. That's like the biggest clue. It's a window. Maybe in we're the overthinking sky. this. Um, it is a window in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> to love Harry's Rhapsody. I remember. I remember another room, uh, something like the Great Hall, is magically, you know, enhanced to see. No way. The no, sky. no. No. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? You know, what's interesting oh, about man. this though. We were talking about the circle meaning eternity, and if Harry is on the other side of the veil where death is, and that room is circular, it's just kind of a cool connection to eternity. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ah. I mean, but I don't think it looks circular. I think it looks more oval. Okay. Oblong. Um, actually, Oblong. I found an email where that was sent to me. Someone said it looks like the uh, Istanbul Amphitheater. And actually, as I'm looking at it, what it's on earth is that? it's a it's a it's a amphitheater where it's like we're looking like it's a stage. That's why there's curtains and everything. It's a uh, round like that, and there's even seating and people sitting there and everything. So Harry's gonna go uh, from Istanbul to Constantinople, right? Yeah. Why not? Oh, Laura, you're so funny. It doesn't look to me, though, uh, that... Um... High five, Laura. I like that joke. <laughs> what do you guys think about it being Hogwarts? I mean, it's not that crazy of an idea. You look around the rubble. It's a stone rubble. There's there's wood rubble there, too, um, which could be the front door of the school. Is that such a far-fetched it's idea? Not, look at the Colosseum thing. What, what yeah. would that be? Well, what, so maybe that's the remnants of the school. No way. No way. I mean, unless this thing is going to be built in the seventh book, I don't think there's any way this is Hogwarts. Really? There's Hogwarts on the other cover, too. There is, but on the back cover, it's just an exterior shot. Like, I mean, that that illustrator could have been thinking, like, hmm, what can I put on the back cover? Uh, Hogwarts would be cool. Moonlit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's that's a stretch, but... I'm sure that's exactly what he was thinking, though. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, he had to get the right side of Hogwarts. But, because sure. yeah, the other side is all rumble. Yeah, it looks yeah, just like yeah. the U.S. cover. Is it just exactly. me? Okay, enough, uh, enough mocking me. <laughs> I just, is, I feel like <laughs> that's right, the, the hunt for the Horcruxes is going to end with the location of the final battle, and it just seems so implausible to me that... Harry would go off looking, and he would like find the last one at Hogwarts, and then end up having a showdown with Voldemort. 
Well, the last one's Nagini, so we're gonna. He's gonna go. Fun, he's gonna go hunt. You know, uh, Voldemort eventually. I don't think the last Horcrux <laughs> that's not the snake is gonna be there. I don't. I'm know. gonna take this completely off topic now. You know that little ball that Nagini is in. What if Harry catches him in a Pokeball? <laughs> oh my god! I choose you, Nagini. Uh, that's actually pretty that's awesome. It. There it is. That's it. And then Fox is going to come by and eat him. You know what someone um, pointed out? <laughs> that uh, I don't know if you guys talked about this on a future show, but somebody <laughs> somebody pointed out that that little um, sphere thing looks a lot like the way the prophecy spheres were described in Order of the Phoenix. And what if Harry somehow uses prophecies to his advantage to find the remaining Horcruxes? Like, it almost looks like hmm. he captured a snake within that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like we were saying last week, there's that that like window, and its presence yeah. just makes me think that that's supposed to be offering some sort of clue. Because well, what if it's outside Harry's window? What if it's the initial prophecy, and Voldemort is sort of depicted as a snake? Oh, hmm. huh, that's interesting. No, yeah, I like that, Micah. Well Thanks. thought out. Almost as good as the Pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That Pokeball is just amazing. Um, Looking at the U.S. cover again, I, maybe you guys have given this some thought, but Voldemort's right hands, if you're holding out your hand like that, you can't physically hold out your hand like that unless your arm is twisted all the way around. So I'm not saying that's a hint for the book, but see how his thumb is sort of just like, like, the way his thumb's on the our right. Wrong side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's on the wrong side. Okay, everybody, like, hold out your arms and see. That's what I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> that's what I his, did. Uh, the, his the, his hands is facing us. So wait, is so, it, like, are his palms facing um, us, both of them? His palms or? are facing us, right. Well, no, you can right. do that. A- Andrew. No, you, yeah, you can twist your arm all the Andrew. way around. No, Not, Andrew, 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 one. Andrew. This is what you're going to do. Put your arm out in front of you. Yeah. And point your thumb yeah. away from you. Yeah. And your hand is now turned. Yeah. And from the perspective <laughs> of the reader, your thumb is on the other side. And I'm doing it right now. I don't think you understand <laughs> what I'm saying, though. <laughs> I see what you're saying, man. It's not that difficult to do. But does I'm anyone hold either. their hand out like that? My arm is aching holding like, it like this. Well, you would. Obviously, he's not holding it like that for a minute. He's. Laura, he's reaching. been holding it like that for the past two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's pushing. Uh, he's using a wandless magic to push things. I think away. what Andrew is trying to say is know. perhaps this is a reflection. A reflection? No. Well, through the veil. Well, yes, Mike. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Exactly. But I mean, <laughs> if you look at it as if it's a reflection, it would, it would be the, you would be holding your arms in the uh-huh. same type of position, just the opposite way. You know what I'm no, saying? No, I know, but it it does look weird. It it looks weird. If you try and hold your hand out, thank you, Mike. It, it thank doesn't you. doesn't work the same well, way. Well, here's thank the you. thing, though. When I think of this, I think of somebody like trying to catch. Like my brother plays soccer, and when you know, I hear you guys talking about this. I think about him leaping to the side to catch balls, and the way he throws out his arms that way. And obviously, you don't hold your arms like that forever. But if it's just a quick moment in time captured, of course it's going to look funny. Well, uh, Laura, soccer is typically played with the feet. When you're, when you're a goalie, it's not. Kevin. Well, I like to, I like to call it football. Yeah. Um, 
to, st- um, to start off uh, that little discussion, we have another email. Catherine T., 16 of New York. She writes, In episode 83, you were discussing Harry and Voldemort's hands on the Book 7 cover, and someone stated that both Harry and Voldemort seem to be reaching out towards something. Although I agree that Harry, based on the position of his hand, is grasping for something in the air above him, the position of Voldemort's hand seems to suggest that he is either shielding himself or trying to push something away. It makes sense that Harry would be grasping or reaching for something based on the position position of his hand. When you reach for something, your hand has a slight curve to it and your thumb goes forward almost as if you were trying to wrap your hand around whatever you are reaching for and this exactly is exactly what Harry's hand is doing. Voldemort, on the other hand, no pun intended, appears to have his hand more flat than Harry's, although it might just be the angle. Um, I don't think we ever really talked about this in general. Like, what is going on here? It looks like he's trying to push it away. Instead of trying to catch it or trying to keep Harry from mm-hmm. catching it. Yeah, we what may if, talk about it on a future uh, yeah, show. Yeah, and I think... Oh. <laughs> I, I didn't say this in a future show. Voldemort seems to be leaning back. I was going to say, what if they tripped and fell? And that's they're just trying to grab something to keep themselves from falling. Because, <laughs> um, like you said, Voldemort looks like he's falling back. Yeah. Um, and he's reaching at, you know, Harry to try to grab him. I don't it's know. It's almost symbolic because he's sort of, like, falling behind the curtain. A curtain. Well, Andrew. Yeah. Yes. After I read this email, I talked to you and I said, now I'm 100% convinced that Harry is going to die in this final book. I don't remember saying you saying that, Micah, but go on. I, I really think that that's what's going to happen, though. And I know it's terrible, but I'm really convinced, and uh, now I'm preparing myself for it, because then it'll be a nice little surprise if he doesn't. Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at what's happening, to me, what it suggests is Harry is welcoming whatever that is. Like... Um, let me get her name right. Like, welcome death. <laughs> like, well, yeah, exactly. He's not afraid of it, though. Yeah, and it, it kind not. of what Catherine's saying is he's holding it out, his palm wide open. And it may not be death. It may be something that resembles death or something that will cause his death. Whereas Voldemort is in a position holding up his hand where, like she said, he's almost shielding himself. So uh, that suggests to me that this is the final battle. And oh, It's got to be the final battle, yeah. Well, you know, something's coming for both of them, and Voldemort doesn't want any part of it. What if it's That's love? A good point. There's yeah. the opposite of that. Love and death, man. It's, you know, Voldemort doesn't like either of them. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's Ginny coming after him. <laughs> <laughs> She's mad. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Micah, you brought up a good point. Voldemort doesn't want any part of it, Whatever, whatever's going on there. I like that idea. Let's uh, move on to one more email, and then we'll head to voicemails. It comes from Daphne, 20 of Los Angeles. Mikey, you live near Los Angeles, don't you? I do. I live in uh, Orange County. First, I would like to say that you had a lot of interesting theories about the covers, and I enjoy listening very much. The castle on the children's UK version, I think, is Hogwarts, because I know it's sort of, it, it looks sort of curved in places, but you need to take into consideration the angle that the picture is being drawn from, and then picture it standing from a distance, where you aren't looking up at it, but rather straight at it. Also, Harry does look like he's being sucked in, along with Ron and Hermione, and just like Hermione by his feet. Uh, Daphne's talking about the UK children's cover. The look on his face suggests that maybe he's being taken, been taken by surprise, and it's not a good surprise. And Dobby, uh, assuming it is, is holding onto his shoulder because if he doesn't, then he'll get sucked in first just because he's too small. Uh, well, whichever house elf it is, 
that's interesting uh, perspective about the uh, Hogwarts castle. Uh, does anyone still think it's not the Hogwarts castle? I mean, I guess it is. I guess it just doesn't really look just like I so imagine Hogwarts. I mean, even if you're standing far away from something, if it's a castle, it's not really going to have circular shapes to it. I mean, it's going to have towers and, I mean, we're talking angles, not, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't. Understand seem... though, too, that our perception of Hogwarts really comes from the movies. So, yeah, you know, just because it doesn't look like the way it does in the movies doesn't mean it's not the castle. No, I'm not saying that. It's just that even disregarding the movies, when you think of an ancient castle, you don't think of rounded towers. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's just, I mean, honestly, it's probably just an artist's perception. And mm-hmm. it, it probably is Hogwarts. But just doesn't quite look like the way it's always been described. It doesn't look as old. It just looks like it's reflecting in the moonlight, really. Yeah. I think it's hard. cloud coming in and... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's hard to tell because of the moonlight. It sort of yeah. skews the image, so... Yeah, if there wasn't that moonlight on there, what would the color underneath be? Probably the... Exactly. If it was yeah. the brown Hogwarts that we've always seen, it would probably look more like uh, what we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, And then what else? Uh, Yeah, th- this uh, Daphne also pointed out about... Uh, Ron, Hermione, and Harry falling into whatever that is there. Mikey and Kevin, do you guys have any ideas about that? We discussed it on episode 83. I don't what, know. What did you guys what, come up with? What there, oh, I mean, what were we saying? That it, it could have been a Gringotts fault. Uh, you know, it can't be the veil. I, I, I like the vault idea. Yeah. There's just like, yeah, so much too. treasure. It's very interesting. Um, so, I think you guys ready for uh, some voicemails? Hey, GoCast, this is Cheryl from Santa Clarita, and I um, was listening to your last podcast, and I was just thinking um, two things on the UK edition cover. If you look in the lens of Harry's glasses, you can see something It looks like it's spewing flames, like it's um, a dragon, and could they be in Gringotts? So, just want to know what you thought. I don't get it. Why would that confirm? Because, um, what was, I forget, his name was Griphook, the goblin, I believe, told Harry in the first book, or Hagrid did, that dragons guarded Gringotts. Oh, so, oh. Oh, oh that's interesting. Yeah, because we were wondering yeah. what the what on earth was in the, the reflection of Harry's glasses last week. So, I mean, maybe they're actually falling towards a dragon, or maybe they're trying to escape one, and, I mean... I mean, does this mean that Voldemort, like, has a Horcrux locked up in a vault there? That would be kind of cheesy. Yeah. Well, well we on were a talking future about... episode, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not liking this future episode stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, we do talk about... Um, oh, the possibility that that Voldemort put... had an item of consequence oh, like yeah. and, that he put in a vault that he created he used to make a horse. Yeah, we we were asking why he would do that. Um but which, which is why some in this future episode uh, yeah. we uh we were considering that 
that house elf may not be a house elf and may be one of the green gods goblins. Right. Yeah. More on the future episode. Uh, yes. Next voicemail. All right, this is Andy from Tennessee. I have a theory on, uh, well, almost proof that the uh, the tree survive. Not proof, but I'm not sure. Um, if you look at the U.S. cover, Harry doesn't seem to be scratched up. And keep in mind that the sky is still is the same color as it is in the U.K. cover. <clears throat> if you look at uh, it's what I'm saying is that they're in the Vale or wherever they are fighting Voldemort and him, and um, uh, I think that they're actually exiting the Vale because they're all stuck in the UK cover, going down that weird tunnel with the, all the rubies and the treasure, and the sky is still orange. They're exiting the Vale or wherever they are. So while they're <clears throat> while he's fighting Voldemort. He's not scratched up in the, U- the U.S. cover. So I'm saying that the U.S. cover chronologically happens before the U.K. cover. The U.K. cover is the end. Well, towards the end, assuming that it's toward the end of the book. And the trio comes out uh, all scratched up. But Harry's not scratched up when he's fighting Voldemort in the U.S. cover. So tell me what you think. Thanks. That's interesting. That is interesting. The sky covers thing has good uh, merits, I guess you could say. Well, it but, almost... And now that... I, that looks like an archway now. We're talking about the veil yeah. earlier. Yeah. On, on the UK cover. Huh. You mean you mean on the UK cover it looks like an archway? Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, it doesn't look like a circle anymore. Well, yeah, that no, looks maybe. like an archway. And the room look. I mean, did we think that... Did we used to think it looked circular? Well, heck, I mean, you could almost think, you could almost well, you say that, see it. that that archway is the same as all the archways circling Harry and Voldemort in the Coliseum. It's probably oh, not. Oh, that's but true. They look, I mean, but it's similar, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, the, the same sky colors are on the other side through the archway. And you can see a piece of the, uh, on the UK cover, if you look below Hermione's arm, you can see a piece of it. So it does confirm that it's not perfectly circular yeah i mean it otherwise almost looks it would be like curving back if they're falling forward it almost looks like they're escaping from whatever room we see depicted on the u.s cover yeah but but look at but ron's position ron, yeah it's yeah like ron. yeah i guess that's what's confusing about it you know if you look hard enough i think you can see the u.s oh. cover hidden in the background <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think I zoomed in enough and I can kind of see it. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry. Although, actually, if you look at the position of Ron's foot, it's possible that he's coming out. It's so confusing first. how this is set it, up. It really is because, like, there's a dragon right in front of them. It it, it seems <laughs> so. Like you know, you wouldn't be going towards that, would you? And well, I unless mean, it's Norbert, the Death Room or a dragon. I mean. <laughs> Hermione and Ron are definitely falling back because of their hair. Definitely Hermione, because well, their hair's. What in do front you guys think about him being pulled? Because if you look at the um, the left side of Ron's oh, cloak, he looks like up he's by his tugged. shoulder, yeah, it looks like he's being pulled down, and that would kind of oh, go right. with what's going on with Hermione. She looks like she's being pulled back, also. And Harry's got this guy pulling him back with the sword, but Harry looks like he's resisting it a bit yeah, more. Yeah, he looks like he's determined. Feet. We don't see his feet. And Hermione also looks like she's trying to grab onto something. 
But Harry, on yeah. the other hand, is just blocking himself. Or at least with his left arm and hand he is. Hmm. There well. seems to be a running theme with this, like, blocking, catching type thing going on with the covers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, no wands. No wands. It's yeah. all wandless magic. We're not going to see a single magic wand in this entire book. <laughs> oh, we better. Oh, no. I missed the spells. Flippendo! <laughs> Sorry, that was the video game. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun spell. Flippendo! 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 Over and over. That overused. used to piss my parents off all the time. <laughs> I would play that till like 3 in the morning, and my dad would oh, okay. come out and be like, shut the hell up. Hi, guys. On the last episode of MuggleCast, you're talking about the back of the UK Children Edition and the castle. And what I thought was the castle is Hogwarts and the tree type thing is maybe the Forbidden Forest and because the Forbidden Forest is a lot darker, that that's where the Death Eaters and all the bad guys are hiding and as Hogwarts is illuminated, that's where the good side are. And the way the clouds are heading towards Hogwarts, maybe it's some sort of foreshadowing of a battle that will take place there. That's where your thoughts. Thanks, guys. Bye. Well, well it looks... There's two possibilities that the clouds are like fog or like s- something generated from a sm- uh, spell, or it's just smoke and the woods are like the on fire, you know, forbidden forest on fire. <laughs> it's quite possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is. If you're going, forest if you're fire. going to see, if you're going to siege a castle, you're going to want to, you know get rid of any cover that people could use to go in and out of the castle. That's not true. to mention clear a path, you know, a nice clear path to the castle. And what better way than just destroy a path right through the forest? Clearly they need to listen to Smoke yeah. the <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, although what's interesting about the cover is that if you look, all this is going on, but look at that door at the bottom. What the door? bottom right. What door? What are you talking about? Well, well, look at the back of the UK cover. Oh, oh, you, oh, the back. It's open. I mean, yeah. light is coming out of it. So why, if you know the castle is being attacked or something, why is well, maybe the this door is open? like the calm before the storm. That's that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. It's an awfully bright light. It's, I mean, it's the moon? casting it. Well, no, no, no. What's coming out <laughs> of the door? See how yeah, it's sort of yeah. the light is like spreading across the ground. Um, it's, that's interesting. I just got a interesting email from a uh, Phil fifteen of uh, right there in Orange County. Uh, the OC, the OC represent. Do, 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 do. I just thought it would be good to let you know that the color orange uh, means strength, honor, generosity, and prosperity. I was wondering if this could mean the opposite of a black cover for uh, the for book seven. And I mean, the spine of the UK children's cover is orange, it's orange, and yeah. the sky is orange, and the curtains are are orange. Uh, so I thought and right kind below of... the ISBN is orange on the UK. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Thanks. Nothing rhymes with the word orange. I know. It's such a problem when I'm playing <laughs> yeah. the rhyme game. <laughs> or purple. Or purple. Uh, slurple. <laughs> no. Hey, this is Kennedy from Georgia. I was calling because I was listening to MuggleCast number 83. And the locket on the UK adult edition, we're saying it's, you're saying it's not quite as extravagant as we would think Slytherin's locket would be. And I was actually thinking that 
it might possibly be the one that Dumbledore and Harry found. The one that R.A.B. replaced there after he got the real Horcrux. Alright, I love your show, bye. It could be. Like, I mean, it, see, my thing was... I, I don't... I don't think the I don't think the locket has to be extravagant in any way. Well, it's, you know it I was mean? Slytherin's locket, though, and the way that Voldemort, right. um, the way that Voldemort kind of treasures very extravagant right, but things. But if you if you look at that locket on the adult cover, those are gemstones laid into the <laughs> Mardi Gras beads. It, yeah, exactly. Like, do you think they'd actually be Mardi Gras beads? Like. If it was Slytherins, I'm quite sure they'd be emeralds or something precious. So I'm sure they would be, but I think what something that I'd kind I kind of wondered see... about was if Harry is wearing the locket around his neck, I don't think it would be safe to wear a Horcrux around your neck. It almost seems like he would wear the fake one as some sort of no, homage but... to Dumbledore. What what I was Dumbledore thinking was wore the ring. And yeah, what and look I was what thinking was to him. What, <laughs> well, what nice, I was thinking Laura. was this: way to show respect. If, if Harry, if Harry had destroyed the Horcrux, right? Like mm-hmm. Dumbledore had destroyed the ring, and now it was just a useless object. Not yeah, useless, I mean that's you know, an option I mean. too. What what a better way to you know psych out Voldemort then pull out the locket that Voldemort knows is a horcrux but is no longer a horcrux or what better way to just walk up and be wearing it right in a in a fight with Voldemort I mean if if Voldemort is expecting to go into a battle with Harry and thinking that he has the upper hand because of the horcruxes and all of a sudden Harry pulls out a horcrux or is wearing a horcrux that he knows is a horcrux, he's got to assume that Harry has done his job. And that's a perfect way to psych, you know. Yeah, and uh, he fears death, and that means he's just one step closer to actually death because Harry knows his secret. Not to mention, I didn't see, like, when I imagined the locket, I didn't imagine, like, this gaudy piece of, you know, gem, purely gem-encrusted jewelry you know this this is a locket that a a man wore like you know it it was probably simple it was well there's not i mean there is a description of it but you gotta understand the cover the adult cover is not something to really take to heart like i'm looking at the chamber of secrets one and you see the door and it's got like yeah that's glowing emeralds in the eyes the philosopher's stone says like glowing red stone and you know yeah i think those are just made to kind of get the idea across, but they're made to look more like an adult book. And I, I think it comes off really, really nice the way it is, but uh, I don't think it's really meant to give us a perfect description of what the, you know, the lock is really supposed to be. Hang on, I'm That's finding a description of the one at Grimmauld Place. Oh, it was just like a heavy, unopenable yeah, locket. Also, a, he- also a heavy locket that none of them could open. So we know yeah, it's so heavy. very simple. That tells us a lot about the appearance of it. <laughs> well, no, it tells us that it's that it is kind of a nondescript type thing because if there was anything interesting about it, it would have been noted. They would have mentioned it. That's true. So it wasn't described at also, all. Also, Prince. Yeah. Well, not the real well, also one. Also, the S. Well, 
it would have to be pretty close to the real one to make Voldemort well, think that when he opened it. How do we know that Voldemort actually made trips back to visit his Horcruxes, though? No, no, but I'm saying if R.A.B. found it in the he first place, he was intending that letter replicate, for Voldemort. Yeah, the replicate would have to look at least something like enough it. like the original. Well, not necessarily, because he was trying to wake Voldemort out by saying, "I." destroyed your horcrux and what better way than for him to go and look and see something that's very obviously not his and then to open it and find that note question question how did the note stay dry when it was inside that potion (laughs) i would assume the locket was sealed Sealed. with a gasket was it that sealed you know sitting there for years you know no water no solution would get in i have several lockets and if they're well made they can and they said even on like that even on like the Titanic and stuff, they found mm-hmm. lockets and stuff like that with photos in them still. Yeah, but when he when uh, when Dumbledore hit the ground, the locket bumped open. So I'm assuming it's not that good of a locket that uh, R.A.B. replaced right it with. Angle. Yeah, if you hit it at the right <laughs> angle, plus he's dropping. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. You're right. Suspend your disbelief. I'm trying to cause problems here. <laughs> no, 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 no. We respect your opinion, but... Stop talking. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll stop I'm kidding, talking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. So uh, that does it for our voicemails and our cover coverage for now. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, I just want to uh, round of applause for Mr. Eric Skull last week for editing the show. Did it? Did oh, a good yeah. job. Yay. If you recognize it, he did. You do didn't a good get job. the uh, excellent editing that you always get. It was because of Eric. I'm just kidding. He actually did a. <laughs> uh, he did a really good job for his first time. Because I was down in Disney World. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, don't feel free, anyone, to participate. Um, I was at Disneyland. <laughs> were you? Yeah. Tell us I more. I went with John Noe. Oh, that's with John right. Noe. went with John, yeah. Who was that guy? I don't know. Uh, uh, some guy. <laughs> um, Mike, uh, the other day you were saying to me that uh, you, well, something was bugging you the other day. Yeah, I mean, just a little bit. Nothing nothing too, too yeah. much. But uh, when I asked for Joe to update her site not too long ago, it was it was great that we did get the cover art and everything. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, she still didn't update her site. That's a good point. And, you, uh, she, you know, I think I, she tried to I trick you out. I just like to see something. She did try to trick me out. I don't appreciate that either. Um, uh-huh. So, Joe, you know, you don't... Don't play games with a New Yorker like that. Oh, um, Anyway, he, he has a family. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, maybe Easter. I think it would be nice if it sort of coordinated, since they call those things Easter eggs on her site. Mm-hmm. If she did something along those lines, you know, maybe made a little update, and maybe she's celebrating with her family on Sunday. So I don't want to interrupt that, but Monday, you know, in in that time frame, that that would be interesting to get something from her, even a diary post. Well, I'm not asking for big things yeah, here. Yeah. Okay. Just something nice, nice and simple. All right, very good, very good. I think that was a, that was a fair request. So uh, we'll see, we'll see what you can make of it. Um, I thought it'd be fun to play uh, Chicken Soup for the Muggle Castle NCAA <laughs> edition. That's why I said play. All right. Oh, I see. Um, we have an email here from Paul Crookston, fourteen of Tampa, Florida. He writes, "Hey guys, I would just like to say that a liberal dose of MuggleCast and World of Warcraft." <laughs> Kept me from extreme depression after seeing Ohio State lose to the Florida Gators in basketball after Florida previous, previously beat us with great help from Lady Luck. 
psh, in football as well. I was ready to axe murder the next person I saw with gator swag on. <laughs> but MuggleCast and Warcrafting <laughs> calms me down enough to already have my mind on next year. Go MuggleCast and go Buckeyes! Go Buckeyes. I don't support that statement, though. Yeah. Uh, so thanks, Paul, for that. And uh, before we close out the show today, uh, a couple more emails. I, I don't understand why people uh, are so upset that we revealed uh, what happens in the final book. Another email came from Rachel21. She's 21. She uh, She's from the USA. I can't believe how immature you all are. I used to love you guys. Then I listened to episode 83. If this was all a joke, I need to know. Otherwise, you have lost one very faithful listener. With that, I spread the word. So far, I have three people who will not listen to your broadcast, and the number will gro- and the number will grow. Not a threat. Uh, I don't know how that's not a threat. <laughs> Continuing along, but you might want to change how you act. I can't believe none of you thought it was wrong. Sigh. I think I've ranted enough. You guys are still a great group of people. I just think episode eighty-three should have been more planned out, as in cutting out the part where you ruined my enjoyment of waiting to find out about the book when I read it. So long, and thanks for all the spoilers. Anytime, Rachel. Anytime. Uh, one more email. Was it a joke? I mean, come on. We said they used well, MySpace and I Facebook. I mean, here's what I don't get. All these people complaining about not wanting to know what happens in book seven. But then you look, you look at the sales of MuggleNet.com's What Will Happen, and it's like, exactly. you, you did too want to know. <laughs> you bought the book. You obviously want to know. They don't want to know any definitive answers. They don't want to know but that Hermione but, and Ron die. But I Mikey, mean, it's they don't what will happen. No question <laughs> but they, mark. But it's still speculation. It's still speculation. That's not speculation if we're telling the truth. Yeah. You read the manuscript, <laughs> yeah, didn't you? Well, um, one more I email. Did. I thought this was very cool. Uh, David David and Mary, age 12 and 15 of Ohio, they write, Hey, MuggleCasters, we would just like to add some comments regarding the seventh book. To begin, our mother... Our mother works for Scholastic. She also discovered a loophole in the system allowing her to inform us of the events that occurred in the latest installment of Harry Potter. We were extremely shocked to discover Lord Voldemort made Luna's radish earrings into a horcrux. We also felt astonished that Voldemort possessed Arnold the Pygmy Puff, thus infiltrating the ranks of the Order of the Phoenix. We love the show, but we're disappointed you forgot to mention these vital plot details. Thanks, David and Mary. David and Mary... Another Pokemon reference. You know, I, well... I just... We didn't want to give everything yeah, away. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Besides, now there's two more people for everybody to yell at for spoiling yeah. book seven. Yeah, you want, you, yeah email yeah, them. You want their email IP them. address? They didn't give me their email, but you want their <laughs> IP address? I'll, I'll send it to everyone. Uh, but I was just going to point out another another Pokemon Harry Potter connection. Oh, what's that? Pygmy Puff is just like Jigglypuff. Good point. Good point. Uh, all right, so I think that wraps up today's show. We thank everyone for listening. Uh to contact us, you can just head over to our brand new MuggleCast website. You can uh, send us some parcel mail with the MuggleCast uh, to the MuggleCast PO Box, PO Box two two three, Mount Ridge, Kansas six seven one zero seven. You can also call the MuggleCast hotline if you're in the United States. You can uh, you can dial zero. Uh, sorry, one two one eight twenty magic. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial zero two zero eight one double four zero six double seven. And if you're in Australia, you can dial zero two eight double three five double six eight. You can also Skype the the username MuggleCast and try to keep your message under a minute and eliminate as much background noise as possible. You can also go to MuggleCast.com for a handy feedback form to contact any one of us or our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. 
Also, don't forget to visit all of our community outlets, the MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Fra- Frapper, Last.fm, and the fan listing and forums. You can also dig the show at dig.com. Vote for us once a month at Podcast Alley and rate and v- review us at Yahoo Podcasts. I'm really tongue-twisted right now. Also, one last note. Uh, coming up on Wednesday or Thursday, not sure which, we have another special midweek Jamie is a Waste of Space show. And uh, that is a live call-in show that we did a little earlier today. Hence the reason we kept uh, referencing the future show. Uh, so that about does it. Once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Kevin Steck. I'm Laura Thompson. I'm Mike Tanaman. And I'm Mikey B. We'll see everyone next week. Actually, Wednesday for episode 86. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye.